0: What is up, everybody? This is Alex. And this is
1: James. And you're listening to the American Toffee Podcast.
0: Serving up the latest Everton news and stateside views. Let's kick things off. I hope everybody's having a fantastic week thus far. James and I are excited, especially for our American fans, to be recording on Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, James, have you had a a great week thus far? A, A nice short week, right? Yeah, short
1: week. I've got tomorrow off and then back to work on Friday, but it's nice to have that little little break midweek. Uh, looking forward to eating a great deal of turkey, a lot of stuffing, and probably a fair amount of cranberry sauce as well.
0: Dude, you've got
1: work on Friday? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I should have taken the day off, but I didn't.
0: Corporate America working for the man. That's what happens. Yeah,
1: it's not ideal, but oh well.
0: Well, either way, <clears throat> today we're going to wrap up All the Blues on international duty since the weekend. And then we're going to end on the pre match. So, Dominic Calvert Lewin played with England U21s yesterday. He scored twice. And, James, that makes six goals in 13 appearances for the U21s.
1: Yeah, it's a great record. He's showing a lot at his age level. What he's really showing is that at a U21 level, he's a fantastic and potentially elite striker. that hasn't exactly translated. He's not an, an elite striker when he's playing amongst full grown men, but it's certainly encouraging and promising for his future development. And his record more recently just shows how far he's come uh, as as he continues his development. Uh, and the other, you know, kind of nice thing about that second goal was that it was a penalty, and he took it off Solanke, uh, who of course is a dirty red and. Uh, <laughs> who was on a hat trick as well. So he didn't uh, let him have it. So that was a nice little bit of a little bit of banter worthy stuff going on there.
0: I saw plenty of uh, complaints.
1: Yeah, it's really good. Um, they'll get over it. And then also in that same game, Kieran Dowell had a nice assist.
0: That is very Um, true. Yeah.
1: So that's just more great stuff from the U21s.
0: I think he is our, he is our only left footed player in the squad. other than. Left-backs, right? As All our wingers are right-footed. Right.
1: Yeah. Gentosin's I think that's right. right-footed.
0: Right. Sigurdsson's right-footed. All of our central midfielders are as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm, I'm saying that's probably right. But there has to be at least one other one that we're missing. Well, that, yeah, that's why I'm listing them off. Either way, uh, I know we had this conversation last week, which is why I was pointing it out, but it's always nice to have a balance in the squad. I personally... Would love to see Dowell succeed if another spicy take and then we'll move on. But if if I had to choose between Vlasic and Dowell, i pick Kieran Dowell all day long in terms of just wanting him to succeed with the club. He's been here a long time. But moving on, Richarlison scored again for Brazil. He came on for an injured Neymar and it was a beautiful goal off of a corner kick. Hopefully he can bring a set piece goal to club soon because we haven't been capitalizing, have we? We're begging
1: for a set piece goal for Charleston, please end this endless seemingly endless drought that we've been on where we just can't. And it's not for lack of trying. We've had plenty of chances, a lot of free headers and it just hasn't come off for us, but the header he scored was incredible. I mean, he leaps in the air, powerful, well-placed in the side netting. Um, really good to see not something we've really seen from him in a blue shirt yet. It's nice to know that he has the capabilities to score with his head as well as, you know, the dribbling skills and everything else that he brings to the table as a player. He just shows that he's the complete package. He continues to show more and more every time we see him play in a blue shirt or in the yellow and, uh, or I guess, gold and blue of Brazil. And if he keeps this up, it's just going to continue his meteoric rise and, Hopefully, you know, Everton, he takes Everton along for the ride. I'm looking forward to see his continuing development.
0: Agreed. And <clears throat> I, I saw, I saw your tweet, which was quite funny and it was right on, it was right on, uh, it was right on QA. It, it essentially, well, you go ahead. You ha- you, you repeat it for me.
1: Yeah. So the tweet, if you don't follow us on Twitter, please give us a follow at USA Toffee Pod. Uh, Very
0: was, plug know, there.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that was nice. Um it was like it couldn't he went from waste ruining the transfer window to you got you lot won't be able to keep him for more than a year really really quick. Uh less than you know we're not even what are we two, 3 months into the season seems like it's been less than that but the beginning of the season, everyone was talking about the price tag on him. Oh, how could Everton have possibly paid this much for a player who didn't show that much at Watford? And he's just proving everybody wrong. Scoring international goals for one of the best teams in the world. Scoring goals for Everton as we look a completely different team from last season.
0: Oh, I thought Pro- you were going to follow it up with one of the best clubs in the world, but you didn't, James. One is a,
1: You know what? You let the me The best down. club in the world in my eyes. The
0: best club in the world. We need you to have blind faith right now. All right.
1: I, I do believe, um, but yeah, he continues to show it and it's true. And, and some of those points about you won't be able to keep him for more than a year may have some, some of truth to them. I don't really want to talk about that because it hurts my soul to think about it. He we weaves have him on a long-term deal. He's our player. Let's just keep it at that. And um, so moving on from that, to prevent any further discussion. We had Cenk Tosin come on for Turkey at halftime, kind of fallen out of favor at Everton so far this season, but still getting international minutes and he's a valuable asset for Turkey. What are your thoughts on Cenk Tosin, Alex?
0: So usually, well, we would have liked to have him as a starter at Everton. Generally speaking, he's a starter for the Turkey national team. I'm not sure that it's, I don't know in terms of the national team really, whether that means that, you know he's just that out of form, or if you know, per usual, it's just a friendly match. Maybe they decided to start someone else, but he came on right at the half. Continues a scoring drought, which is unfortunate. I'm really hoping, you know, at least by the end of January, maybe that he can turn it around and and win back a starting role at Everton, even if it's just one or two matches where he gets the start and and gets the opportunity to prove himself again. But right now, Richarlison's too hot, and we'll get we'll get into the lineup discussion in a little bit. Lastly, Coleman played the full 90 for Ireland. They got a clean sheet and even spicier news. Um, O'Neill stepped down as the Ireland manager.
1: Yeah, ding dong, the witch is dead type of situation going on. Martin <laughs> not finally stepped favorite. Down. No, probably our least favorite international manager, at least mine personally, due to his antics with our players bringing them back too soon from injury. Martin O'Neill steps down. I'm curious to see who's appointed. I did see an interesting article from the Liverpool Echo today talking about with this managerial change, is it time for Seamus Coleman to consider hanging up his international boots and just focusing
0: Preposterous. On-
1: I mean, he's 30 years old. I don't think it's that preposterous. I think it's actually a, a worthwhile discussion to have. I know he is someone who is fiercely loyal and will want to play for Ireland, I'm sure, as long as he possibly can. But at 30 years old, or is he 29, 30... Those types of thoughts have to be creeping into his mind, you'd have to think.
0: I say give him a couple more years. He should have the Euros coming up in, in two years, right? Usually it's it's two years smack dab in the middle of World Cups, correct? Uh, yeah, that's correct. So 2020, I would say after that tournament, assuming Ireland makes it, I feel like that would be a good time for him. It, it, it can't hurt, obviously. I could be selfish and say, you know what, I just want him to, to stay fit and stay with Everton, but... He is also their captain. You never know; he could be uh, the next Ashley Williams and continue continue to play for Ireland. Was that a nice shout? Or uh, <laughs>
1: I'm just going to say this: if you ever compare Seamus Coleman to Ashley Williams in any capacity, I might have to, you know, end the podcast permanently. <laughs> no.
0: Listen, Ashley Williams gave us a fantastic eight months of of football. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair play. But yeah, it
1: it is a worthwhile conversation. I think it's certainly something that he's considering personally. It is the age where you start to see players look at, well, I'm playing for money and I'm playing for a living for Everton. he, He obviously loves Everton and loves the club. He's going to want to play, be our first choice for as long as he possibly can. So I just think it's something that he's certainly thinking about and an interesting point, again, that I saw the Liverpool Echo bring up. But moving on that, that was the rest of our international players on duty as they come back to Finch farm. We prepare for Cardiff city on Saturday, Alex, I'll let you take the lead on this.
0: Right? So Cardiff city on Saturday at Goodison park, they sit in 18th place. Everton are in ninth place, seventh, maybe sixth are still well within reach. And James, I'm thinking that on paper, this is a game that we should not and cannot afford to lose.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A team that not only is a Cardiff City sitting in the relegation spot, but they're, we're also at home, a game that we just have to win if we have any hopes of pushing for any kind of European place this season. These are the teams. These are the quote unquote gimme games, although in the Premier League, no game is a gimme game. This is one of those games. It's three points for the taking and assuming that everything goes well, I think we're well poised to take it in convincing fashion.
0: Agreed. I'm very excited. I'm actually really excited for this match. Coming off a nice holiday, eating fantastic food, and then I get to watch my favorite team in the whole wide world beat down at home. Last time out, Cardiff beat Brighton two to one. They actually scored their second goal in the 90th minute uh center back Sol Bomba, which we've seen uh we've seen quite a bit from him in terms of in terms of through the media. Now here here's a pretty Poor stat for Cardiff. They've only scored 11 goals in the league. They've conceded 25. Yikes. <clears throat> right. Yikes is pretty much all you can say. There's
1: a reason they're in the relegation places, and I think that they're the they're odds-on favorites to go down. They just lack the quality. You look at their lineup, and there's not really a single name that sticks out to you as someone that, you know, there's not a single player on their team sheet that scares me really in any way. I'm expecting that, assuming we can impose ourselves on the game, I'm, they're of course going to have to sit back and stay compact and hope that we can't break them down. With the way that we've been playing, with the chemistry and the form that our players are in, you have to think that this is one that we're going to take convincingly.
0: Right. So they, they've been setting up in a, f- a flat four four one one From tape that I've seen, it looks like they don't quite press at all, but they'll be very organized. They might press a little bit once you pass, you know, the halfway line. Otherwise, they stay compact. They're organized and disciplined, and they look to counterattack. And they have some, some, some slightly pacey forwards. So, James, <clears throat> we had Sigurdsson and Gomez both were pulled out of out of Iceland and Portugal squads preemptively. And then Lookman for England U21s came back because of a quote-unquote minor injury. We haven't heard any news on any of the three. I'm sure we probably won't until the pre-match interview with Marco Silva. How are you feeling about those three?
1: I have my fingers crossed that it was, in fact, all preemptive and that Sigurdsson, after that miserable tackle from Jorginho, again, didn't pick up anything too significant. I hope if they're all fit, I think that they'll all play. And I'm really looking forward to just continuing to build on the momentum that we've had. It's it, I'm really, really excited for this game. And I've been excited for every game for several weeks, pretty much since the start of the season in a way that I wasn't at all excited. Maybe, you know, I was excited, excited at the start of every season. There's hopes you have. And after all the signings we made last summer, the hopes were high before it all spectacularly crashed down on our heads uh, very quickly, and we saw what before us a bleak outlook. That's all changed, and yeah, Sigurdsson and Gomez, both in great form. Lookman, great form in his substitution appearances, and hopefully if he's given the start, he can continue that into a full 90 appearance.
0: All right, so let's go from back to front. And let's have a discussion as to, assuming everyone is fit, who we'd like to see. So, I'm going to assume that goalkeeper and fullbacks both pick themselves. Yeah, for sure. Pickford, Lucas Digne, Seamus Coleman. So, center backs, who are your two center backs?
1: I go Mina and Michael Keane. Just on off the back of the Chelsea performance, clean sheet at Stanford Bridge, something that no club had done in the calendar year. Uh, the clubs like Barcelona that had visited, no one had stopped Chelsea from scoring. That pairing did it with the assistance of the rest of the team, of course. And Mina looked like he belonged in the Premier League in his debut appearance. It's harsh on Kurt Zuma having been sat because he, we were playing against his parent club. But at the same time, that is a factor in that he is not our player. And here we have Yeri Mina, who we paid 25, 28 million for. And Michael Keane as well, who we paid 30 for uh, last season. And you would have to think that when making those signings, the vision was that they would be our center back pairing for the future. This is the type of game, again, that we expect to win, that those two can start to develop some chemistry. Mina thrown into the fire a bit last week. This should not be as demanding on him. And perhaps he'll see more of the ball, be able to work on his passing some more, just feel things out. Definitely a different type of game for them. And I'm really looking forward. That's my expectation is that those two will start. What what are your thoughts on it?
0: I'm going to go keen and Mina as well, which is crazy because as you said, Zuma has been pretty much flawless since he's been in the starting lineup. And I was pretty nervous for Yeri Mina to start. I was excited, right? His full debut, but I was nervous at Stanford bridge. As you said, we get a clean sheet and then all of a sudden he gets the official Premier League man of the match, Yuri Mina being he. And so you just think that this is exactly what Marco Silva was talking about when he keeps mentioning um, competitions for, for places. We keep hearing it, you know, we you hear it at every club all the time. But I think this is the best example at Everton so far because Right when Gomez was fit, he took over Tom Davies' spot. You know, Bernard 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 was fit. He started on the left. Part of that was because Richarlison took Jenk Tosen's spot. But again, you're on form, you're in. If you're not, you're out. And we have enough quality to do that. So it, it's nice. I think Keane and Yerimina will start. And as you said, that's a lot of money sitting there at the center of defense. And I can't wait to see to see how that works out for us. So let's go to the midfield trio. Assuming everyone's fit, I'm going to go Sigurdsson, Gomez, Ghana. Do you have any quarrels with that, James?
1: No, I think that that's spot on. I hope that we can seize Tom Davies again this season at some point, and some of the other players, Morgan Schneiderlin, might get an appearance or two. Again, this is the type, this is the part time in the season where the fixtures start coming really quickly, where we're playing two two matches a week, even though we're not in Europe. So there is going to have to be some changes, and players will get opportunities to prove themselves. So that's exciting. Um, Alex, if for whatever reason Sigurdsson or Gomez, I won't say if both of them, who do you bring in to replace them? Okay, so you said both of them. I said if one of if you have to replace say Sigurdsson is out. Who, okay. do, you, who
0: do you bring in? All right. So if Sigurdsson is out, then I'm going to say that we place Bernard at the 10 and we slide Lookman out left. And I say that because Bernard, statistically, he has his best play from the left-hand side. Otherwise, it's pretty close going up the middle. He's obviously technically very good. I can see it now, his late runs with his pace just bursting through the lines, top of the box. Furthermore, Lookman, I want to see him start this week assuming he's fit on the left-hand side. He had some really nice fancy footwork against Chelsea. You don't see Azpilicueta burned that often, like that. Well, that often at all, but like that in spectacular fashion was just amazing to see. I watched it over and over again, probably about 10 times on a loop when I saw. One hell of
1: a him. gif there. One hell of a gif.
0: Yes. So I'm gonna say Bernard at the 10, and then we're gonna slide Lookman out left. And then my if if this is the case, again, if Sigurdsson is out then Richarlison up top, and I guess we have to start Walcott. Otherwise, my front three, assuming Sigurdsson, Gomez, Ghana in the middle, is Lookman, Richarlison, and Bernard.
1: Yeah, I think the, the what's honestly nice is that the suspense around the team is kind of dwindling week over week as we start to see our best 11 start to consistently play together. At the beginning of the season, we weren't sure how exactly Marco Silva would make these players fit together and gel. Now we have a very clear idea of what he wants to do. There's, but that being said, there's still a lot of there's still a lot of flexibility that he has with the lineup. He could go five at the back. You know, there's a lot of different formations that we have the option to to do, and we have three or four quality wingers. The midfield, I think, is still probably the weakest. Depth-wise, um, our front, th- our first three midfielders are fantastic, but then if any one of them's out, you start to slide players in. Like you said, Bernard sliding into the number 10, not necessarily his best position, and I do have concerns that if he were to play there, his physicality... I, he is a very different player and profile to a Gilfie Sigurdsson, so how that changes our style of play and our our the chemistry with the, with our team is interesting to think about, but yeah, I agree. If everyone's fit, then Lukman gets a bit in long overdue. As I said, at mid uh, our last episode, and this is just a really good, the, the type of game that he can really use his agility and his foot skills to exploit the weaknesses in the Cardiff defense
0: agreed I'm really excited and I, I hope he gets the chance because this is the type of match as you said a weak card of defense that has conceded 25 goals in about I think we've only we've only played 12 matches right so about 12 so if he gets the chance he's gotta take it though that's the caveat right there he can you know it's easy to say like oh he's got to take his chance you know you can't afford to miss it but This is real. You're coming up on, as you said, two fixtures a week in the league with no extra competitions. You don't have the luxury of getting two chances anymore. We've seen that all the time. We've seen managers play favorites. That's not the case anymore. We've got Calvert-Lewin, who, although it's not his best spot, he can play on the wing too, or he can play forward. He can bump Richardson back out. So if he gets the start, and I hope he does, he's got to light it up.
1: Yeah, I think that I think that's true to an extent, but because the fixtures come so fast, I think he will have the opportunity. And I don't think that Marco Silva will be the type, because he's such a good man manager, that if Lookman, for whatever reason, doesn't meet expectations, assuming he starts. Again, this is a big if, all hypothetical, but what we're hoping for. If he starts and he doesn't have the best game, I think Marco Silva will show belief in him and confidence in him. Uh, to kick on and he'll get another chance somewhere down the line. But I agree that if he can come in and light it up or have a very good game and be very impactful on the ball, making runs, using his skills, then it really gives us a different dimension on the right-hand side if he plays on the right. He really is different. He's he's sim- more similar to Bernard than he is to Walcott, but I still think he is almost more tricky than Bernard I still don't think Bernard's fully up to speed with the Premier League, having not played for several months prior to signing for Everton. He's still working his way up to full one hundred percent match fitness, uh, but those two together could be—I mean, that's a dangerous uh, proposition for Premier League defenses to have to match up with. And then you get put Richarlison in the middle; it's—it's it, it's a nightmare. It, there's so many people that can take players on -on one-on-one can beat players with pace can finish clinically. Although Bernard, again, we haven't exactly seen that from him, but again, it's just more encouragement, potential and positives that we are seeing from this team. It's a great time to be an Everton fan. And I'm hoping that on Saturday, we really just thrash them and batter them. That's what I'm hoping for.
0: All right, James. I like, I like your hopeful approach. So, one last thing before we wrap it up and that is score predictions. So I'm going to start and I'm going to say that Everton win two nil at home.
1: I like that conservative prediction. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving Eve. I'm feeling pretty confident just looking at the matchup.
0: I don't know that I'm ready this, for your prediction.
1: This could, it's not going to be too crazy, but this, and this could come back to bite me, but I'm going to, Say we put four past them. Four, one, they might get a cheap one. I just think with the chances we've been creating, our finishing hasn't been where we'd like it to be. Eventually, it's going to click for a game and we're just going to bash someone. And I think this might be, this is a perfect type of game where you could see that very realistically happening. So, yeah, four, one is my prediction.
0: All right. Well, folks, there you have it. Two nil, four, one. Ideally, either way, it's a win, and both of us will be happy. Please have a fantastic rest of your week. Look out for our Cardiff City versus Everton at Goodison Park post-match episode on Saturday afternoon, and we'll see you later. Bye, guys. Thanks so much for tuning into the American Toffee Podcast. It is available on all major platforms. Please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. That would help us out a ton.
1: And follow us on Twitter as well, at USA Toffee Pod. Until next time, come on, you blues.